0: Raise a couple more to the revolution. We have only three
1: words for you. Uh oh. We're taking over! The words are Why not raise a little hand?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Q Zero Theater Cast. This is your host, Artistic Director Dan Pelletier. Excited to be here, giving you an opportunity to get to know more of our cast of Radium Girls. Hope you enjoyed our last episode where we interviewed Heidi and Brian, and I'd like to thank them once again for being such wonderful guests. I don't want to ramble on for too long because we do have a lot to get through. In fact, I think we're going to have to make this episode a two-parter because we have so many great cast members, so many great interviews. I really don't want to cut a thing. So you'll get to know some of our cast on this episode, some of our cast in our next episode, and you will... You know, just want to learn so much about these fascinating people that are bringing these incredible characters to life. And every one of them you're going to hear on this episode and part two are playing several roles. Incredibly versatile talent. You are not going to want to miss this show just from a pure respect for acting standpoint. But... I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to ramble on for too much longer, so I'm going to throw it back to my previous self and uh, give you an opportunity to get to know the cast of QZero Theatre Company's Radium Girls. Thank you for taking this time to sit down with us. Can you introduce yourself to our listening audience? Tell us uh, who you are and what role you play in Radium Girls.
3: Thanks. Uh, My name is Joshua Benham, and I am playing four characters in Radium Girls, uh i'm playing tom uh grace fryer's fiance i am playing the reporter and i am also playing uh the dentist Neff and the lawyer mr barry awesome
2: so what drew you to want to come out to be a part of this show had you heard of it before or um was it something that you like really wanted to join or were you just looking for things to do like how did you end up as a part of our cast
3: uh, so I didn't know this show was a show until I saw the audition, but I have known about the history of the Radium Girls. Um, I just it's one of those historical topics that kind of piqued my interest when I first learned about it in high school, and so when I found out there was a show about it, I was just like, I got I to be a part of this. This is such a this is such a neat like intersection of like my scientific interests and just how like the history of workers in America have been treated. And I just, yeah, I, just, I was really interested, so I wanted to see what the show was
2: about. Yeah, no, 100%. It's a very powerful topic and uh, frightening in, in some ways, but in, in a way that does make for, you know, interesting drama. So what is it like getting to now be a part of it and playing this, um, you know, wide spectrum of different characters and important parts of the story?
3: um it's it's really fascinating and you know the the show itself is a tragic one obviously and just seeing where all the characters are starting out and just the slow the slow downturn that things take for them and being so all four of my characters are they're kind of on on the side of the radium girls and so just seeing how some people try to help them but there's really nothing that they can do it the, the damage has already been done and that's just part of the part of the tragedy of the show and then the, the, the flip side of seeing all the people trying to stand in their way and protect their own self-interest
2: what makes this a, a unique challenge some more specifically for the show and, and how do you deal with that as the actor
3: yeah so this is this is the first time in a, in a good long while where i've been cast as more than one character in a show and it's definitely a big challenge to find those differentiations Um, between each character Um, and so all four of my characters do significantly different things over the course of the show and they are very different people and so finding finding the 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 character moments the choices that they make that are distinct to them so that i'm not just coming across you know across the show as just one one actor it's it's four unique identities
2: Mm, very always always an acting challenge and you're right finding those ways to make it clear through you know, your different choices and things. So what has the rehearsal process been like so far?
3: Um, The process has been, I mean, first of all, it's just been a delight. I've been having so, so much fun. And we just, we've been, we just, we've been, so far we've worked primarily on act one and act two will be coming up next. And we've just been taking it, you know, a couple, a couple scenes at a time and just really finding, you know, what the characters want in the moment, you know, act, act one is, Primarily about figuring no people are only just starting to figure out that there's something going wrong here, and so just that 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 search for answers, search for responsibility, and just kind of general questioning of like why why are these events happening and so the process and the process has been a large part of just trying to um something the director mentions that we have to there's no distinct villains in the show, so the director. His point is like we are not acting to hurt you know even even the people at the radium company they don't act necessarily maliciously they're just acting to protect themselves and so it's always about finding the positive actions rather than focusing on our the the, the it's it's easy to focus on like the negatives like oh I, a character makes this choice and this affects the other characters in this bad way, but there was a positive reason why they made that choice in the first place.
2: Yeah, r- definitely. I 100% <laughs> agree. I'm always telling my, my acting students that the only place you get to play evil is if you're on an episode of the Power Rangers. Um, you know, you have to find that perspective um, and self-interest. So let's shift gears from the show to just kind of, you know, giving the audience a little bit more about you. Okay. Um Tell us, you know, what got you into theater? Uh, how long you've been doing it? Different roles you enjoy, or what sort of role, or um, what part of acting excites you the most? Really, just anything about you, yourself, and your acting experience.
3: All right. So I um I got started in the theater world in high school, um, where I worked exclusively on behind the scenes. I worked a lot of lighting and sound sort of stuff and set construction. It wasn't until I became an adult when I was in college that I made the jump to acting. And so since then I've kind of been splitting my time 50-50 doing a bit of both. Um, and just like once, you know what, like I was always really afraid to like put myself out there and become, and be on the stage and be in the spotlight. But once I I did, I just, once I made that, that leap, I found there was just like such a, so it was such a form of self-expression for me that really just like drew me in and kept me doing it. Um, and yeah, I've just been, I, I never quite stopped after that point. Awesome. And some of my favorite shows, I, I played a fairly wide variety of characters, I would say. Um, my favorite by far is um, The Lord of the Underworld in Eurydice. Mm. Um, so it's a fairly it's a fairly straightforward telling of the classic Greek myth. Um, but it focuses heavily on Eurydice and the relationship with her father in the underworld. And so I and I played, you know, the character representing Hades and that was that was a huge like acting challenge because there are points where I have to be kind of like stealthy in the, in the mortal world. There are points where I'm more like deceptive and, and kind of mocking in the underworld. And then there's kind of a big moment at the end where I'm like full, where, where the, the Lord of the underworld is fully in his power. He's in total control. And so that was, that was a huge just acting. I just really got to stretch my wings as an actor for that role. And it's just a beautiful show in general. Um, more, more recently, I've I've gotten back into acting after um, a, a period of time away from theater due to COVID, the COVID shutdowns, um, and I've made the jump into musicals for the first time, which has been just so much fun, mm. and it's just another 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 form of that, that expression.
2: Now, I'm not one that does believe that every crew kid secretly wants to be an actor, but I know that there's a, a fair amount out there. What propelled you to make that shift? And what would you say to somebody that maybe is also in that same boat where, you know, they've been a crew person and think that they're only meant to be a crew person, but they wouldn't hate going out on stage, but just something is stopping them? Yeah.
3: I mean, so the the thing that really kept held me back for a while was, I was it was just... You know, it was it was not just like stage fright. Like obviously, there's a component of just like getting out in front of people. But when it when it comes to performing, there can tend to be this sense of just like you have to be perfect day one, and like it. But it but acting is a process. And so to anybody who is looking to make that leap into into performing, it just I guess so what I would say to them is just no one expects. Perfection, show performance, quality—the very first day. Like it is, it is a process. People will work with you. People will will support you where you work, where you struggle, and with any challenges you come across. Like it is a collaborative effort that everyone is coming together to produce this.
2: So, what would you say as a crew person? Maybe you have an insight into acting that, or theater, that the average actor who's never done any technical theater might have.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, this. I feel like this is something that'll that at least you know having worked on crew is is parodied quite a bit but it's just like there is there is so much work that goes into a perform to a performance you know the actors do all their character work they obviously you know they're the ones being seen and they're they're creating the world in the show and the characters and then there is the people behind the scenes who are supporting that and in in certain environments the two feel like they're kept very separate and I just think it, it's incredibly important, and it can really help both actors and crew to be aware of what how what, how what they do impacts the other group, mm. and just really, again, finding that collaboration.
2: Well, it's been great chatting with you, yeah. a question I'm asking everybody, why should people come see Radium Girls? Really sell the audience on it, if they're maybe on the fence, or weren't even thinking about it, what would you tell them? To, to uh as to why they need to come buy their tickets immediately at the end of this interview
3: radio so radium girls is just it is a fascinating retelling of historical events and and with the when when learning about historical events like being able to relate to the people you are learning about really just it, it really creates more of a connection to what happened and this show itself like it is tragic but there are moments of levity there are moments of humor it is very It is very human it is not just you know two hours of this is depressing (laughs) um sad things happening like you you, there is the life there are the people who really cared about what was happening and you can feel that and it just you can really just connect with what people what these people went through and what they did back back 100 years ago at this point
2: well thank you very much (laughs) for chatting with us i look forward to seeing the show thank you (laughs) If you could, for us, please introduce yourself to the audience, let us know who you are and who you are playing in Radium Girls.
1: Sure. Hi, I'm Gabby Homanoff. Um, I'm an illustrator, graphic designer, and uh, community theater actor. And in Radium Girls, I'm playing a few different characters. I play Irene, I play uh, Miss Wiley, I play uh, the photographer who has one line in one scene, uh, and a few other uh, fun little characters sprinkled in throughout.
2: So what drew you to want to be a part of the show? Like what got you excited for auditions and uh, why did you come out to want to be a part of it?
1: Yeah, I actually read the book Radium Girls when I was in college and I loved the book. I had never heard of the the case of the Radium Girls before I heard about this book. And it was just mind-blowing that there had been this chapter in American history that had such an influence not only on, of course, the lives of the girls who went through it, but scientists actually studied the effects of radiation on these women throughout their lives, the ones who survived, to, to learn about how radiation would affect people for generations to come. So they contributed so much to science, to the world, and I had heard absolutely nothing about this before I read the book. So. After I read the book, I loved it. Um, I'd I'd heard about the show, but had never seen it being done anywhere near me. So when I heard about it happening at Q0, I was super excited and and super ready to to audition and get involved.
2: So tell us a little bit about the roles you're playing. It seems like there's a a wide variety. Um, Could you give us a little bit more detail and then maybe discuss the unique challenges of playing uh, a wide variety of different characters in the same production.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um so I think the the first character that I appear as is Irene and she's one of the radium girls. You know, she works in the factory. Um Irene is uh you know, in the show probably the, the least into it of the radium girls. She's kind of there to get her paycheck and leave. But, you know, she was like all the other girls. She had no idea of the dangers of what was being presented there. And so that's a really interesting thing um, to, to keep in mind when you're doing the show is um, regardless of how excited the girls may have been to, to go to work that day or, you know, to, to listen to their supervisor, they still just thought it was an everyday job. They thought it was I'm going to clock into my 9 to 5 and they were coming home sick and not even knowing it. Um, And I'm also playing uh, Catherine Wiley, who she uh, runs the Consumers League. And that's been a really fun one to play um, as opposed to Irene because, spoiler alert, at the time when I play uh, Catherine Wiley, uh, Irene is no longer in the show. She has succumbed to her illness, and uh, so it's interesting to play a character. Then afterwards, who's you know fighting for these women and trying to get them their day in court, uh, knowing that I've already played a character who died young. She mm. died at the age of like 22 in real life.
2: Is it weird, kind of advocating for your rights after your own death? Uh, like, <laughs> is is that kind of a weird uh, acting thing to wrap your head around, or does it make it? easier to uh connect w- with the character because you you know you're couldn't be sadder for anyone but your own death
1: <laughs> yeah um i think it does add like an interesting layer to it and especially like because you're playing so many different characters throughout it's just cool to see the story from so many different perspectives um i have one character who's she's literally only in one scene she's doing a commercial for Raidathor. thor uh, and uh, the, the the radium drink and advertising it and she shows up and just talks about how much it improved her life and how wonderful it was and her rheumatism was cured thanks to Radathor and so you've just got even the characters who appear for only you know two and a half minutes or something it's just radium was affecting everyone's lives for, for two and a half minutes or for two and a half years mm.
2: What's the rehearsal process been like so far? We were about a month into it. You guys just wrapped up Um, working on act one and going to be starting act two this coming week so what have you um, what have you guys been working on so far what has maybe changed since your day one or even before day one how you thought the show would go and what's been the most uh, engaging and exciting part
1: yeah, I, it's been a really fun process throughout the show starting from the first table read when we got everyone together, just reading through the script, kind of figuring out even just the pacing of it um, to actually putting it on stage and, and figuring out, you know, where we can add things um, with props and with movement, um, and it's been a lot of fun to just try it in different ways. I think one of my favorite parts was really just at the table read because we don't always have every cast member in every scene, it's a small show, um, but there are plenty of scenes where it's just between two or three characters. So I love having everyone in the room and hearing the reactions to different things, especially because this show, it's very serious, it has a lot of dramatic moments, but it has a lot of funny moments too. There's a lot of moments, especially in act one, when, you know, Things haven't quite come to their final conclusion yet where you get to kind of play up like the, the excitement of what was going on at the time. And so it's very fun to play off of other people and, and get the comedic reactions at that point.
2: Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you. Let's shift gears and let's talk more about yourself. Um, Can you share with the audience a little bit about your theater background? Maybe like what got you into it? How long you've been doing it? What sort of things excite you about a piece of theater or being in the theater? Anything like that, just to kind of give them an idea of who you are.
1: Sure, yeah, um, I love theater. I've been just a lifelong theater fan. Um, my family is all really into going to see theater. We. I grew up in New Jersey and very close to New York City. And so because of that, um, I actually didn't see a lot of regional theater growing up. I saw Broadway shows was really like, that was in my backyard. Um, and so I was lucky to be exposed to just such a huge variety of shows from new shows to jukebox musicals to the classics Um, and so I just loved theater I loved everything about it and so when I was young I started doing theater um you know doing the little bit parts on stage in the kiddie shows um all the way through through middle school when I got to high school I started doing more stuff behind the scenes I did costume design throughout our uh, high school productions and I did, uh, yeah, design for props and design for scenes, uh, and I loved that, but once I started working as an adult in, in the working world and was having, you know, a, a lot of fun behind my computer, I sort of just missed the the interactions that I had had doing theater growing up, and so I actually just in the last year started to look into, like, how to get involved in local theater because I had really missed that, just the joy of doing that with other people.
2: Mm. Yes, the the community, I think, is one of the best parts of community theater (laughs) totally you know what would you say is you know different from you know theater where you were you know in in the New Jersey New York area I mean besides the fact that it's you know big giant budgets and and, and things (laughs) like that but have you noticed anything different between like maybe the theater you were around growing up versus the theater here in the uh, central New England area
1: yeah I think I I loved the theater that I got to see growing up, and and I still love, absolutely love getting to go see Broadway shows, but there's something so special about getting the community involved that it not feeling like there's such a divide between you and the people on stage, but that it's members of your own community that you're getting to see perform. Well,
2: excellent. Now, do you still do any other design work, or are you just focusing on acting now, or...?
1: Yeah, I, for my job, like my everyday job, I work as a designer and an illustrator. So because of that, I feel very fulfilled like with that artistic outlet and have been having a lot of fun recently of getting to, to on the community theater side, getting to get back into acting. But definitely excited about, in the future, potential to to do more work behind the scenes because I, I loved doing that back in high school.
2: If you've got you know 30 seconds to sell somebody on why they should come see this show, why they need to come see Radium Girls, what would you say to them if... You know, Maybe they were either on the fence or weren't even thinking of coming. So Sell people on ra- this production of Radium Girls.
1: I would say you need to see Radium Girls because it's a story that you have probably never heard before and will come out of the theater saying everyone needs to know about this, not only because it happened in the past, but because it... It reflects what's happening in today's society. Still the same thing of, of workers' rights and and you know human rights of protections in, in any environment, but especially in the workplace.
2: Is there anything else about either yourself or the rehearsal process so far that you'd like to share with the listening audience? Mm,
1: uh, I get to do a New York accent during the show, and I am very excited about this because when I was a kid, I auditioned for a part that involved a New York accent uh, in a in a middle school show, but I was too scared to do a middle school ac- middle school accent to do a New York accent. And they said, "That's okay. Try it in your regular voice." So I did it, and they said. You cannot play a gangster. (laughs) The the preppiness in your voice, no, it's not going to work. So I feel like I'm kind of getting to it to correct my past mistakes with that character.
2: It's great. Not everyone gets a shot at redemption. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. It's uh, been great. Looking forward to seeing you and the rest of the cast uh, coming that first weekend of March.
1: Yeah, Thank you.
0: Hello, Q-Zero fans! Q-Zero business advisor and performer Jake Ranlett here, interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast to talk about Q-Zero sponsorship and membership. As I'm sure you know, theater is really expensive, and we cannot survive on ticket sales alone, which is why we have these two awesome programs that not only allow Q-Zero to continue to revolutionize the performing arts scene in New Hampshire, but has incredible benefits for you as well. Sponsors get their name and logo in our playbill, on our posters, mentioned in our podcasts, listed on our press releases, and so much more. We go out of our way to make sure everyone knows about you and thanks you for helping make Q0 possible. We also have our membership program for individuals who want a little bit more bang for their buck and a lot more Q0 in their lives. We have 10 different levels of membership, starting as low as $2 a month. Every level of membership comes with awesome perks, such as early access to the Q0 theater cast, discounts on tickets and merchandise, exclusive behind-the-scenes video content, the ability to read our new works blog, and so much more. The more you give, the more you get. If you want to be a vital part of the Q Zero Revolution, head on over to cztheater.com and click the Support CZT link to become a sponsor or a member today. And now, back to the podcast.
2: Thanks for sitting down with me for this interview. Can you introduce yourself to the audience, tell us who you are, and who you are playing in Radium Girls?
4: Sure. Um, I'm Meredith Carver, and I play mainly Catherine Schaub in Radium Girls, as well as uh, a few other roles, Society Woman, shop Girl, uh, Harriet, and there's one more. Yeah, basically that.
2: <laughs> and what made you want to come out for this piece? What drew you to auditions? Why did you need to be a part of Radium Girls?
4: I thought it was a very interesting story. I tend to like shows that focus on females more, um, or strong female roles, I should say. Um, and I also am a very sciencey person, so the idea of talking about the discovery of radium and its effects on people was just... a uh, Something I was interested
2: in. Awesome. And what's the experience been like so far working in the rehearsals?
4: It's been amazing, honestly. It's been a really awesome experience. Um, I haven't worked with too many adult shows. I did a lot of youth stuff. So working with uh, all adults has been really um, refreshing and having people you know, doing their responsibilities is great, so, <laughs> but <laughs> yes. it's, I, and it's my first show where I've pretty much worked with nobody I know, which has also been awesome, I'm learning uh, a lot about a lot of people. Oh,
2: excellent. Glad you're uh, adapting well to a new environment. Um, can you maybe give the audience a little bit about, you know, your primary characters and the other characters you play, like who are they and what uh, are you enjoying about embodying them and what do they bring to the story?
4: Uh, So my main character, Catherine, she goes through a pretty interesting journey in the show as far as um, maturing. You see her uh, very young at 15, and then I think she ends the play at 26. And um, you see her as a young girl who's pretty naive and innocent and just wants to have fun like a young girl. But she goes through some pretty hard stuff that hardens her and um, makes her a lot stronger, unfortunately, not good situations, but she she has a lot of growth that you see in the show, which I find very uh, fun to kind of experiment with. Um, I also do Society Woman, who is a um, the leader of a club or a society of women in the town that the show is placed in, and she's a very uppity, lady who kind of is trying to serve the public in a way um during the war while the men are away she's trying to do something good for the world and she's finding it um is benefiting her to a very big extent and uh she meets a lot of pretty famous people that way um harriet uh, is Reader's daughter. She's really fun to play because she has two very different ages in the show. She shows up in the first act at nine years old, which is fun, and then at the end she is more in her 30s. So you get to see the the dichotomy of that, and and it's interesting to see Reader's perception of the world based off of uh, her daughter in those two different ages, and his relation of them to the Radium girls.
2: Two-part question, what's been the most enjoyable part about playing all these different characters? And what's the biggest challenge in playing all these different characters?
4: Biggest enjoyment, I'd say, is it, I mean, it gives me a lot of opportunity to experiment where I wouldn't otherwise, because I haven't really done multiple roles like that. And they're very different people. Like I said, a nine-year-old versus a society woman who's pretty older and up in life. Um it's, it's fun to experiment with those and, and having to do them so quick after each other is very interesting and fun to kind of see how fast I can jump into one character and another one. Um, the biggest difficulty in the same vein is also how quick I have to jump from one character to another and, and remember who they are and try to be true to that character, even though if it might just be for a couple of lines, I need to be true to that character very quickly. So I I just wanna stay honest to the character, which is uh, hard to do when you're switching so fast.
2: Awesome. And has there been anything you've been working on in rehearsals to maybe help address those challenges, or is it still something we're actively working through?
4: I'd say still something we're actively working through. Uh, I mean, we just started running scenes uh, not individually, so that that uh, we ran the first act today, which um, gave a better feeling of how those transitions are going to be. But I think with running the, uh, the uh, show through in full or in the two different acts, it'll help me understand where I have to be mentally to transition from those scenes. Because doing them individually, you don't understand like the connection between each scene.
2: Hmm. Excellent. Uh, let's shift gears and let's talk about Meredith. Hmm. Um, can you share with the audience a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, what got you into theater? How long you've been doing theater? um, What excites you about theater? Anything like that, you know, just kind of give them a little bit of you.
4: Yeah, Um, well, I started off dancing when I was three um, with ballet and I ended up doing uh, pretty decent dancing and competitive dancing up until I was 18, which got me introduced to the stage. uh, When I was in fifth grade, I saw a performance of Cats, the musical, which I fell in love with because of how much dance was in it. And I ended up doing Cats to Musical as my first musical. And I kind of fell in love with the the idea of not just dancing on stage, but adding the, you know, the music and and lines and singing and the whole package. Cause when you're you're doing dancing and competitive dancing, at least when I was doing it, it is a performance, but it's not so heavy in the technical side like when you're at a competition you can't control lights you can't control pretty much anything but what your body is doing so I, I like the idea of setting a tone and and creating this environment that gets you into the piece more than you can do in those uh dance competitions and dance pieces um but now i'm doing theater uh because it's a passion of mine um I just every time I see a performance, I just know that that's like the stage is where I belong. You know, you, I just want to be on there. I I did tech for one show and I couldn't stand it, <laughs> so I just wanted to be on stage. And it's just there's a pull there that I can't deny.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, now you have done a little bit of almost everything. Um, you know, you've you've worked behind the scenes, you've done design work, you've choreographed, and you've performed. Um, you know, they're all similar arts, but they're all very different disciplines. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say is, you know, maybe either challenges going back and forth between different ones or the challenges between dancing versus acting um, as well as maybe some things you didn't expect um, when shifting from dancer to actor and then, you know, just dancer to choreographer Mm -hmm. or things like that.
4: Well, I certainly didn't expect to, uh, that my favorite scenes in in shows would be the non-dance scenes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I had done so much dance and then as soon as, it, you know, it's, it's my comfort zone, but getting out of that comfort zone was so much fun to explore and I, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it, um, especially in plays because I had done musicals, but doing plays is, very, very fun for me to experience completely outside of my quote-unquote comfort zone, where there's no dancing involved. It's all acting, and it's a lot different of a headspace for me. Um, going from dancer to choreographer uh, is great uh, on my body. Um, <laughs> and it, it's it's a very different... Um, it's a lot more gratifying in the sense that I can actually see my work because even if you choreograph a piece that you are doing, you don't see it from the audience. But sitting there and watching a piece that you've made is like a feeling that you can't describe. Mm. It's completely different. And, and for somebody who had an injury for so long, it was, it was very nice to sit back and, and watch other people do something that came from my brain but still feel like it was my
2: piece. I guess. I'm sure there are other people out there that maybe have a more narrow view of what type of theater artist they are. Um, is there anything you would, you know, maybe give advice to somebody that does have that tunnel vision of like, I'm only a dancer, or, I'm only a singer, or, I'm only an actor, uh, you know, that might encourage them to step outside of their comfort zone?
4: Um, just experiment with it. Go with something that still interests you, but isn't your comfort zone. So, um, choose a show that you really like, but uh, like if you're a dancer, I'd say choose a show that you really like, but it's a play and see how you feel just doing that in general. So go do the complete opposite and then get a feel of how you are in those different zones. Maybe you don't like it, maybe you do, but I'd say go completely opposite and go straight for something else to just get a different feeling for everything. Awesome.
2: So if you only had 30 seconds to sell someone on why they should come see Radium Girls, what would you say to them?
4: Uh, It's an amazing cast, amazing show. It is written extremely well. Um, Everybody is incredible. There's many different parts. And it's a show that makes you think a lot. It's a show about morality, I should say. Um, Morality and death and, and understanding that we as humans do die and what we wanna do with our time and how we carry ourselves when we are uh, getting prepared for the end.
2: Thanks for sitting down for this interview. Looking forward to seeing Radium Girls. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joshua, Gabby, and Meredith. Three incredible humans, incredible for performers. You are not going to wanna miss an opportunity to get to see them as well as the rest of the cast of Radium Girls coming up March 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Salem, New Hampshire at the Arts Academy of New Hampshire, who is also our lead sponsor and biggest supporter. We could not exist without their help. So, you know, make sure you uh, check them out as well. Um, And I'm not just saying that because they signed my paychecks and I love teaching there with all their wonderful students. Um, But yeah, um, Radium Girls is going to be a phenomenal way for us to kick off Our season four, hashtag CZT, four means more. Our biggest season ever. And again, uh, make sure that you're also sticking around for everything else we've got coming up. We just cast our production of The Wolves. And again, holy crap, just some incredibly talented actresses that are going to give you a very different type of experience. It's a very gritty and visceral show. And you are going to be blown away with the level of talent that you will see from these performers I just, I cannot talk enough good things about the actors. And it's not just because they're my actors. It's because they are phenomenal performers. And I truly do believe that we have our strongest season to date already And we have more auditions coming down the pipeline right after Radium Girls closes our auditions for Be More Chill, as well as our two devised pieces coming right up. So make sure you head over to cztheater.com, get your tickets for all of our upcoming productions, $15 per person. That is it. We try to keep our ticket prices as low as possible so we can keep our theater nice and accessible. And while you're there, sign up for your auditions for Be More Chill. Sign up for auditions for our devised pieces and most importantly, you know, thank all of our sponsors and supporters, including Joey Martin, Lori Pelletier, Cassandra Durand, our highest level of supporters. We again could not exist without you. It is impossible to do theater without the generous uh support of the members of the community, of local businesses. Theater is, you know, my life force, the reason I get out of bed in the morning and I will be forever thankful for everybody that continues to allow me to live my dream because I I just I really am. So I've rambled on and gotten way more sentimental than I need to. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, put this baby to bed. So once again, thank you to all my guests. We have the rest of the cast coming up on another episode that we will be dropping shortly, a part two to this one. As always, this is Artistic Director Dan Pelletier signing off of the Q Zero Theatre Cast. And as we always say, support local theatre and join the revolution.